Hey everyone, welcome back to the Building Efficiency Podcast presented by Nenny and Associates. I'm your host, Jim Schaefer. Now, if this is your first time tuning in, Nenny and Associates is an executive search firm focused on the building efficiency industry, hence why we named the podcast the way that we did. And simply put, we help our clients find the right talent. And each week we sit down with leaders from the industry to discuss their backgrounds, how they got started, and where they see the industry going. We also get to know our guests and find out what drives them to be successful. So on today's episode, episode 18, we sit down with Jim Hockett, who is the Vice President of MRO and ESCO Sales at Acuity Brands Lighting. Really enjoyed hearing about Jim's background, how he got started in the industry, and of course, where he sees the industry heading as it relates to IoT and connected buildings. You'll also want to stick around until the end to hear about what motivates Jim and what he wants his lasting legacy to be. If you haven't done so already, consider subscribing to our channel. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it and leave a five-star review. We really think you're going to enjoy this episode. So let's drop in. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Building Efficiency Podcast. Today, we're sitting down with Jim Hockett from Acuity Brands Lighting. Jim, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate the invitation. Yeah, I'm glad we were able to make this happen. I think I reached out to you a couple of months ago about this, and you were in transit. I think you were in the process of moving from Texas to Florida. Was that right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, okay. a couple of months ago in the middle of COVID, so that made it pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. So you, you settled in there, and in, in, uh, it was at Fort Myers. Was that right? That's correct. Yep. Settled in and, and uh, enjoying life. Excellent. That's a good, good place to be. And, and thanks for taking the time here. So I know a lot of people in the industry, because we first got connected at, uh, at NASCO a couple of years back, and I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of our followers and listeners are going to know you and know your name. But for the people out there who don't, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Absolutely. And, and first of all, Jim, thanks to you and Fernini and Associates for putting this together. I think it is a great vehicle to uh, learn more about each other in the industry and also kind of how we started on this path. I'll answer your question and tell you that my path is probably the example you do not want to use for someone wanting to get into our industry. So, you know, we'll get into that. Uh, it's a pretty unconventional background. I started in 1983 for, at that time, GTE Sylvania, working as an hourly employee in uh, the Versailles Lamp Plant in Versailles, Kentucky. So, hmm. did that for about 16 years in the plant. I progressed from some hourly positions to frontline management. I was a shift foreman at one time. Uh, and then my last role was product line manager, where I was responsible for all of the T8 production and had about 150 hourly and 15 salary people on the team. So it was a great experience. Uh, at that same time, during those 16 years, I, I went to school at night. I earned my degree kind of the hard way uh, while working in a pretty demanding job and raising three boys with my wife, Brooke, who I've been married to for 32 years. Uh, so going to college part time. So it took a long time doing it that way. Uh, but what I would say is that uh, the advantage of that was that I was able to capitalize on the tuition reimbursement program mm. that the company offered at that time. And, uh, you know, it's it's amazing to me how many people do not utilize those type of services that companies have. So, you know, one message I would like to have is is a suggestion that people look out to that and talk to their companies and see if they'll help them. They certainly helped me. Uh, but I, But I think that you know, that working in the plant was really my first exposure to energy efficiency, because if you think about that, energy efficiency was a lifeblood of that industry. It's it's bizarre to think that when I started there, we essentially made a T12 cool white, a 40 watt and a T12 cool white, 34 watt. So, 
it, it reminds me of the Henry Ford comment that he would build any color you want as long as it was black. Right. That's that's kind of how it worked in the plan as well. We would build you any lamp you wanted as long as it was a T12 cool light. <clears throat> you don't see a whole lot of T12s nowadays, do you? Yeah, I think they're pretty 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 they slim nowadays. Out? That's right. Yeah, pretty pretty phased out. They might have a couple of special colors that are in there that I'm not even sure about, but yeah, pretty pretty phased out. And and really, you know, that was because that you know the grid and the culture demanded that energy efficiency. So we mixed gases and various conductive coatings on lamps to reduce the energy efficiency of lamps during that time, and then started creating new form factors, as you know, with T8 and. Uh, you know, we in that plant, we made compact fluorescents that replaced incandescent. Uh, and then finally, T5s that, you know, as you know, Jim, kind of revolutionized the high bay market when we hmm. started using those to replace um, HID inefficient technology. So it, it was a, it was an awesome experience. And again, you know, it really introduced me to how important energy efficiency was at that time. Um, and then I would say that the other thing that that experience provided to me was what I would consider to be, you know, my most valuable skill set now even is, which is uh, really focusing on process management, continuous improvement. You know, it's just, you have to have that in the plan. I mean, if you can imagine, you know, the mir- million variables and, you know, thousands of individual processes that are happening simultaneously uh, required to, to literally pour sand in one end of the lamp. And out of the other end of the lamp, see a box of, you know, lamps pop out, you know, and, and that process is really, you know, two or three hours, you know, in the making if you if you removed all the whips. So uh, process management, you know, in a high speed manufacturing process like that is is not a theory. You know, it, it truly is, um, you know, the only way to survive. And, and, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that as I talk about acuity of why I think that that, you know, acuity is such a great match for me because of that experience. Uh, but then in 1999, after about 16 years, I just, all I really knew, Jim, was that I didn't want to do that the rest of my life. You know, mm-hmm. you know, another 20, 25 years, I just couldn't do it. So uh, I had the advantage of, of having mentors that were in my life and, you know, really sat down with them. And I mean, I can remember having conversations with the plant manager at that time and, and, I remember to this day, he said, what about sales? And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't even fathom it, had never thought about sales. Uh, but, you know, that's really where that path led me and, and uh, left the plant, moved to Arkansas at that time. And then I spent the next 14 years working for Sylvania in various roles as a CNI sales rep. Um, I sold turnkey energy solutions for Sylvania Lighting Services I was a commercial engineer for a period of time. And then my final role at Sylvania was a regional sales manager for the Southwest region. But in um, 2012, Siemens wanted to kind of get out of the lamp, the lighting business at that time. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah they did. So they offered an enhanced severance and I had a retirement package at that time and um, just decided that was probably a good, a good move for me. So I took that package in December of 2012 um, did a one-year non-compete, and to the day of my non-compete ending, I started with Acuity Brands. So that kind of brings me to today. You know, I started with them as a regional sales manager, and then um, after a year or so, I went into a national role, and that's that's where I still am today, with a focus on the ESCO community. Um, in addition to that, I have the privilege of serving 
you know, as you said, we met with NASCO and I still serve as the affiliate committee chair and also uh, on the executive advisory committee. So really enjoyed that opportunity and uh, ability to learn from those guys. Yeah, so you're bringing us up to, to present day here with, with Acuity. And obviously you're involved with NASCO for a reason. There's very much going to be an energy services play to the way that you're going to market, working with the ESCOs, the tier ones, the tier twos. Jim, as you look out into the future, I just, this is your time to take out, dust off your, your crystal ball, look into the future of the, of the energy services industry, the building efficiency industry as a whole. Where do you see the industry heading? That's a, I mean, it's a good question. You know, I, uh, and I don't know that I have the answer, Jim. You know, I think that energy efficiency is going to continue to uh, be extremely important for us. And, you know, when you look at lighting, just the shift in LED completely changed. You know, we talked about all right. the older technology, but, right. you know, that alone uh, changed really everything that happened in our world. And we could we could talk more about that experience. But um, I think that the, the next phase in energy efficiency really is doing more controls. You know, one mm -hmm. of the one of the things that uh, that I see in the industry is that, you know, we are still focused and don't mean to sound this to be critical, but, you know, you, you know, lighting has always served as the energy conservation measure, you know, particularly in performance contracting to drive the other building improvements. You know, a, a boiler and a chiller doesn't have the same payback as lighting. And I think that we had a, a massive technology shift with the LED and we took advantage of that in terms of the energy reduction. But many, many people out in the market still look at lighting as the lighting of old. And they don't really look at some of the new features that lighting can bring to the table, not only in controls, but other um, non-energy related benefits. So I, I do see the education of people not only using, but also people specifying lighting becoming greater over time. At least that's my hope. Yeah, sure. So just uh, curious, when you mentioned that the non-energy related benefits, because I think that's where people go first, is just the energy savings. Here's how much you're going to see. Here's what the energy reduction is going to look like. Is there anything that comes to mind when you when you say non-energy related benefits? What, what are like the couple of things that come top of mind for you? Well, I mean, I, I think that I think the culture in itself drives a lot of the uh, the initiatives that we do. And, um, you know, culture is an area where I think that we, you know, pretty much excel in, you know, at Acuity Brands. It's, you know, the energy efficiency is one thing, just driving down the lowest wattage, you know, mm -hmm. as you know. Uh, but, you know, it was it was really culture that drove energy efficiencies in the past. And I do think it's that same culture that wants to now integrate, you know, digital lighting into a more comprehensive building control and automation. So uh, I see that. Uh, more recently, even, we've seen culture drive new demand for horticulture uh, solutions and yeah. LED lighting and UVC light disinfection, you know, to, you know, obviously for COVID and to battle viruses and bacteria. Um, for Acuity brands, you know, it's, it's, it's really fun because, you know, we have, a, you know, our Atrius brand and Acuity is IoT solutions. So, you know, we already have about 300 million square feet of indoor lighting installed that are acting as beacons for IoT-based solutions. Um, those are things like asset tagging, indoor yeah. position, spatial analytics, et cetera. Um, and, and then I would ask, you know, will, you know, will we see, you know, soon because of culture changes, will we see a demand for using uh, that same technology and having an app for contact tracing? Yeah. 
very, very, you know, very easy. So, you know, I, I don't know the answer, but I, I do know that people are more in tune uh, with their environment and they're more connected to their technology. So I think that lighting is a perfect vehicle to uh, meet that demand of our customers. Yeah, the contact tracing stuff is going to be interesting, right? Because you can see the play for it and how customers are going to want it. But then there's there's always going to be those uh, the obstinate people that don't want people following them around. They don't want people to know where they're at. So uh, that'll be a real interesting discussion to see where this whole thing plays out. I mean, COVID has done so much to elevate and accelerate this whole technology play that ties into our industry, right, into energy services. So that'll be a, a conversation for a later date to see where we stand, you know, a couple of years from now. So we'll, we'll re-interview you in a couple of years. We'll get your opinion mm-hmm. on that again. That we'll, play this, we'll play this back and see if you were right. Um, so to transition to the last part of the show here, Jim, these are the last four questions, same four questions that I asked to every guest who comes on the show. And I was curious, what are your daily non-negotiables? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. You know, don't forget I'm in sales. So most everything is negotiable, Jim. But uh, <laughs> I would say, uh, it, you know, it's easily my integrity. You know, I mean, there, there is absolutely no order large enough or no job that I need bad enough that I would ever uh, even come close to questioning giving up my integrity. Yeah, I thought you were going to say going to the gym or something like that. That's a daily yeah. negotiable. Can't miss out on that, right? I wish I was going to say that, Jim, but I'm going <laughs> to write that down and I'm, I'm going to use yours. <laughs> All right, there, there you go. So let's rewind the clock a little bit. Um, what advice would you give to your 22-year-old self? Yeah, another good question. And I, and I gave some thought to that. Um, and, you know, I know it's a little corny, but, you know, as I said, I had a, had a really interesting past to get here and a path to get here. So I frankly wouldn't change a thing about the way I did it because I was really lucky and I had a lot of answered prayers to get uh, to where I am today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one piece of advice I think I would give to myself uh, is to spend more time learning and listening from my parents and grandparents because, you know, they're not here now. And, mm-hmm. you know, I would, no matter where you go in life, I would give anything in the world to have more pictures and maybe a recording of hearing some of their life experiences. So I think that's what I'd tell myself. Oh, that's, that's excellent. Don't, don't we all, don't we wish we could have like, uh, captured some of that the wise words from uh dad and grandpa and grandma and you know wish you could have applied it back then but uh sometimes you just don't have that perspective until later on in life right yeah i just wish i'd known how wise they were (laughs) that would have helped (laughs) yeah yeah we don't we didn't we didn't realize it we didn't realize it when we were getting uh getting that advice so uh jim what motivates you what gets you out of bed in the morning well, you know, I mean, I, I think what motivates me is I really am a continuous learner. I just, I love to learn. And, uh, you know, looking back on my entire career, I've been most motivated when I was a part of a team mm-hmm. where I could learn and I could also use my skills to make the team better and solve a problem or uh, just make the process better. So I think that's my motivation. Yeah. Last question here to close out the show. What do you want your lasting legacy to be? I want it to be, I want that lasting legacy to be a long time from now, first of all. Uh, but, you know, I, I guess just to be remembered as an honest person, you know, who, who really made working with me more of a pleasure most days than more of a torture. Uh, you know, so hopefully that works out that way. And someone who actually cared about other people and, you know, treasured his wife and family. I think that's extremely important. And that's all I can really ask for. Yeah. And a great podcast guest. Well, thank you very much, Jim. And, and you're a great host as well. And again, I really appreciate what you're doing here. I think it's, I think it's awesome. 
Yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun. So uh, thanks for coming on the show. I think it's a great way to wrap things up. So we'll let you run and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Jim. Thanks. Take care. All right. All right. So there you have it. Episode 18 with Jim Hockett. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you did enjoy it, please be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you enjoy listening to your favorite podcasts. We hope you're sharing with your friends and colleagues as well. And the one last thing that I would ask here is if you have ideas for future guests from the industry, please reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you loyal listeners. So until next time, I'm Jim Schaefer, and we'll catch you on the next episode.